0: I was giving a workshop once for business executives, and one of the things that I was discussing with them was teaching them um, exercises from when you left work before you walked in the door, so you could do this attitude shift and decompress because... Too often you don't have that opportunity and you bring the energy or the tension from the day into the house and it just doesn't work.
1: This week, how do you prepare and train for mental endurance? What does that even mean? Dr. Karen Sherman weighs in. Stay tuned. Can you feel it? The power coursing through your veins Underneath the lights
0: I never want to give it back
1: it. Do you want to make 2017 the best year yet for your marriage? Subscribe to the Hitched newsletter so you can stay up to date with the latest marriage information and tips from the leading experts. Go to hitchedmag.com There is a gray box on the right-hand side asking for your email address. Click subscribe and you're done. Again, that's hitchedmag.com You can click the newsletter link to see all the newsletters we offer, or you can fill out your email address in the subscribe box. Click the subscribe button and you're done. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, the original, Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, you Steve. Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues. She has been doing this for 30. 30-plus years. I think it's safe to say that. Uh, (laughs) I know it's safe to say that. Uh, Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this fantastic information at her website, drkarensherman.com. Of course, you can find her uh, info at our website, hitchmag.com. And, of course, all the past podcasts that we have done – and we've got a new one for you today on emotional endurance. Um, I was just kind of putting this together and thinking about it a little bit. And I like to, I like my metaphors. I like to relate things, um, to other things to make them makes a little more sense. And so we are all, I think familiar with physical endurance, um, being able to, for example, run for a long time without needing to, to take a break. Uh, i Today I thought we could talk about the mental side of being able to just keep going without that kind of a break as well. Um, Is there a difference uh, between emotional endurance and grit, Karen? And I do want to say up front that I don't believe this is the same thing. Um, And grit having been this... Thing that has become really popular lately to talk about um, and there, there are books there are TED Talks uh, just Google grit and you will get pff, and, and just tons and tons of resources so um, we, we talked about this for a second uh, before we started recording. What are your thoughts on what what you would think to be the um, the definition of emotional endurance?
0: I think emotional endurance is, being able to deal with the long-term emotions and stressors that come from a difficult, challenging situation. Um, In my mind, the best example is somebody who has to be a caregiver for somebody else.
1: Mm -hmm. Great example.
0: Um, And you you just have to keep at it. You just have to keep at it. You don't really know what the outcome is. You don't know. Um, you can't necessarily set a goal. Uh, you just have to keep at it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. That's the only way to put it. Okay. So so one of the things that – so when we were talking – like for me, grit, um, a lot of people like to describe it as this stick-to-itiveness that you have. And, and for me, one of the things that I feel, um, that comes along with grit is when things get tough, you don't give up, you keep going. Whereas endurance, I I think of it as it's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have to be hard. It's just ongoing. Yeah. And and there's, and there's, there's no end in sight and there's no reprieve from the longevity of it. Whereas grit, like there's ups and downs and like when the going gets tough, you kind of stick with it. Um, that's not the same thing as endurance in my mind. You know,
0: as you're talking, it's, it's very interesting. I have one of my closest friends right now is acting as a caregiver. And she is really being tested not only because she is caregiving her husband, but also her father. And this has been going on for a solid year where she has been in both these roles, you know, or I should say in the caregiver role for both these people. And I have often said to her that I really don't know how she does it. Now, that's an interesting comment from me because I will tell you, and a lot of people will tell you about me, that I am one of the most persistent people they know. Mm -hmm. And I have had a lot of adversity, not only in my life, but also in the challenges um, that I've had. And so I'm sure that people would say that I have grit, that I don't get crazed or um, give up when something doesn't go my way. And yet, I don't know if I could do what she's doing. And so I think, you know, by way of example, That to me shows the difference of she's got emotional endurance where I don't know that I could do what she was doing and yet there are projects that I have done that I don't know that she would continue doing Mm -hmm. because she would have said, oh, this just isn't worth it. Well, it's interesting that you –
1: I I think you that example is spot on because um, getting back to this grit thing really quick part of why it's such a popular thing right now is there has been studies and research that has come out to show it to be associated with success or at least people who are successful in life have demonstrated grit in their mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you're talking about you um, being this very persistent person and, and person who like knocks out these projects where you don't think your friend could, however, she does this caregiving that is just like ongoing um I th- I think that's a, a really great example mm-hmm. of the difference between the two. Right. Um, uh, so, you know, many times in life, uh, you're going to have to run a mental marathon and you know you're going to run that mental marathon. And in other times, you're going to start running and you don't know where that finish line is. When we're talking about this mental endurance stuff, how how can you pace yourself? Whether you you know you have a merit. So, for example, your friend, you said that she's been the caregiver at least for a year now, um, for her husband and her father. Um, you know, on the one hand, I'm sure there was some preparation for maybe her father, who is likely older, where he's been getting sick, and mm-hmm. maybe at a certain point she just kind of knew that she was going to have to take care of him. Um, But there's also that aspect of like, well, I don't know how long. Right, right. There's got to be this pacing of like, I'm going to have to just endure this mentally. Um, How do you go about creating that like mental pacing?
0: Well, I think a lot of it has to do with your attitude. Um, It has to do with your values. Um, I think that, you know, as I'm reflecting, um, a lot of it is – You know, what is your emotional investment in the people uh, or in the situation that is going to require this emotional endurance? Um, And I think that, you know, very often when you talk about runners, they will say to you, this is a marathon, that's not a sprint, which basically means that you shouldn't give it your all as a sprint right out of the, you know, at the start line, that you've got to go slower and then pick up your pace towards the end. Um, And so I think in a similar fashion, if you know that something is going to be long term, that you've got to plan for little reprieves for yourself. You've got to plan for maybe asking for help from some other people. Um, You have to think in terms of that you can't, you know, um, give everything you have right from the beginning because you're going to have to, you know, really be doing this for quite some time.
1: Mm -hmm. I was just thinking um – going back to this like marathon analogy when you run a marathon first and foremost you do know that it's 26.2 miles so you know how far right. you're running right. but the but with that knowledge um you have you create these markers for yourself right like you have your mm-hmm. your quarter mile pace or your mile pace that you're trying to hit and so you kind of know if you're doing the right things at the right time and right. so i'm assuming if you find yourself in a situation where you know you're going to have to be mentally um have, have good mental stamina that you would create these pacing markers for yourself. And to your point, you said that you have to, um, make sure that you give yourself some time to recharge the batteries. Yes. Maybe you create those, those markers for yourself of like every week or every month or every quarter. Like I really need to, you know, pass, pass this along to somebody else so I can recharge my batteries and then keep going for that next mile or quarter mile.
0: That's correct. And not think that you're a bad person or you're not doing what you should be doing or there's something wrong with you if you need that and and if you think in terms of the analogy of a new mother oh yeah uh, you know a lot of new mothers feel somehow that they're not doing their job if they don't take some time for themselves but the truth of the matter is if they don't take some time for themselves then they're not going to end up being good mothers Mm -hmm. so in the same way I think just what you said if you say to yourself okay every week I'm going to take an hour off for myself whether it's to go on a drive to go have you know coffee with friends, to sit and read a book, and that that's what I'm going to need to do the next week, mm-hmm. um, so that you can so that you can keep going.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, I was just um, I was just thinking too that when you when you talk about that stuff, people we. Getting back into the sports thing, really quick. A lot of, a lot of, um, and this is get, getting back to the new science of stuff, is the rest and recuperation process is now being taken as seriously as the exertion process. Mm-hmm. Um, and it used to be that, you know, people who take breaks are weak, and mm-hmm. now we know that no, 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 no. People who take breaks are smart <laughs> yes. Yes. because you're able to come back stronger the next yes. day. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, You know, if you keep breaking down the muscles and you never allow them to heal, you're just going to continue to break them down until um, there's nothing left. And the same thing mentally. If you if you push yourself and push yourself and push yourself and never take that mental break, it's going to be really difficult mm-hmm. to muster up the strength when you really need it.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, exactly,
1: exactly. Uh, um you know when when this gets into just mental health in general but um when we are faced with physical challenges they're very obvious to see. So for example if your spouse is trying to lift a heavy box, you can go over there and see like, "Oh, they're trying to lift this heavy box." I want to go help them lift it. Mm-hmm. But if your spouse is trying to do some heavy mental lifting, um it's really difficult to know or realize what they're doing at that time. How can you so I mean, I, I suppose part of this should be obvious, but unfortunately it's not. Uh, how can you support your spouse when you feel like they are doing some heavy lifting mentally? Um, and e- even if it's not technically this like hard, grinding thing, but it's this again, it's this ongoing they haven't had a break. What they're doing isn't technically, quote unquote, "tough, um, but it is relentless.
0: Okay. So there's a couple of things. Um, very often somebody who, um, either has taken on that role or who has had it dumped on them and, and, you know, faces the challenge is somebody who may have not always, but ha- may have trouble asking for help. So the, the spouse can say, you know, um, tell me in what way I can help you, you know, um, Are there certain things that you know? What can I do for you? Uh, They, the person who is doing this endurance, may have difficulty coming to a spouse or anybody else and saying, you know, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. So you may have to, as the mate, initiate and say, you know, what can I do? This is too much. You know, if you're going to keep up in this role, you know there's nothing wrong with somebody helping you so that you can continue to do it. I'm not trying to take this away from you, but in order for you to keep doing this, tell me what I can do to make it easier for you. Um, you can, for some people, it may have to be. Look, I'm insisting that you go out for mm-hmm. go out for an hour. Go get, you know, go take a drive. Go have you know, go read a book for an hour, go take a nap. I insist you do it. I'm taking over from here. I will be responsible, you know, for the next hour. You may have to be that uh, definitive and that um, firm in in offering your help. It may just be a matter of, you know, letting them know you're amazing. Mm -hmm. I I can't believe that you're doing this. Um, What you're taking on is just so much. And if you want to just vent or scream or yell, um, or complain, I'm here to listen to it. So in that
1: regard, it's support through encouragement or support through being the ear that they need you to be.
0: That's correct. Mm -hmm. That's correct. And again, you know, speaking of my friend, you know, often I will say to her, I have no words for you. I have, I have nothing that I can offer you except to tell you, I don't know how you're doing this. This is just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And yet she will say to me, I don't know how I would get through this without you. Mm. Okay. So all I'm doing is listening to her, tell me everything and telling her that I think she's
1: amazing. And sometimes just knowing that there is that person there next to you, if you need them might be enough. That's correct. And I I think part of this is uh, just being in tune with your partner to know, like, who they are and what they need and how they respond. Because we also know there are those people who like to be the martyr, Mm -hmm. right? Like, they like to talk about how exhausted they constantly are or how they're doing all this stuff. And then when you attempt to help them, no, 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 I don't need your help. And it's like, well, you continue – so – I think it's so. Part of what you're talking about is knowing who your partner is, Ex- yes, and absolutely, how, and how you can support them. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, now, I actually want to talk about. I want to go into depth a little bit more about the martyr thing, really quick. If you if you see that your spouse is playing that martyr role, um, and you do offer up your services. And they do reject you, which, you know, is kind of their M.O. Mm -hmm. But you also see that they are not being the best of who they could be at that moment because they really are taking on a little bit too much and they really could use a break. How do you get that across to them?
0: I guess what you'd say is, you know. there's a part of me that just is so amazed at everything you do. And, you know, you do it so well. And then there's another part of me that's really concerned about your welfare, and is concerned that quite frankly, if you don't take a little time for yourself, you're not going to be able to keep doing what you're doing. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So, you know, even if you took A half hour for yourself, you'd be able to keep doing what you're doing because nobody does it the way you do. So if we're talking about the person who's the martyr, Mm -hmm. you're playing right into nobody can do it like you can do it. Mm -hmm. You're so fabulous and everything, you know, just take a little time for yourself so that that way you can keep doing it because nobody can do it like you can do it.
1: Um, I want to take this opportunity to highlight just how you presented that. Because uh-huh. you presented it as a compliment. Yes. As opposed to a challenge or a criticism. Yes. So, so you the, the reverse of this, you could have easily have said, you know, you are really screwing up here. Like this person is not getting the care that they deserve. But instead you presented it just the opposite of I don't know how you're doing it, you are amazing, you know. So you you really put the compliment up at the front end before you did the ask afterward.
0: Yes. Yes. Again, you know, my, my basic um, model is you always want to either validate some, it's, it's the Oreo method. Mm -hmm. Oreo, you got the cookie, the cream, the the cookie. Yeah.
1: The sandwich. Yeah.
0: Right. So you always do the positive or the validating first, Mm -hmm. because that way the person doesn't get defensive. Then you do what it is you want to really say in the middle, and then you do the positive again. Mm-hmm. So you sandwich it in between. So, you know, it's like, um, you may not, if I could do it another way, you may not even realize, you know, how much, you know, I'm sure you're not even aware of this because you're working so hard to take care of your father, but you're working so hard that unfortunately, because it, it it's so demanding of you that you're forgetting about the family sometimes. And, you know, I, I have some concern about the family and I have some concern about you. You need to take a little bit of a break because really you're just so amazing. You see, I, I sandwiched it in there and then I come back to and, you know, because you're really so amazing.
1: Um I so the two things really quick. So one, there's a there's a program out there called the Solution, and uh, they do this thing. They call it the Solution Sandwich. So it's exactly oh, is that right? yeah, it's yeah. exactly this, and it's it's a fa- fantastic um, program. Um, the other thing, and I so I feel I can't remember if it's you or somebody else I was speaking with. Um, when you when you give the information that you give, you you did something um, where I would like to make a slight modification. You said, you know, you're so fantastic and blah, 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 but you're just working so hard. And uh, a thing that I read or heard. And I should you, say, and. Yes, exactly. See, you know it. so And so you say, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're working so hard, you're doing so great. And I know you could use a break as opposed to, but because, but yes. puts people on the defensive. So yes. if you just swap the word, but for, and people continue to be more receptive of what you're Absolutely. about to tell.
0: Absolutely. I stand corrected. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you for thank you for mentioning that.
1: Ah, I it's only because of you that I know these things. <laughs> um okay, so let's see, I'm I'm not perfect. So nobody is. You know. Nobody is. Um we're testing our own mental stamina today. Um let's see. So we 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 need a break sometimes. Mm. And um what can you do? So we keep talking about like getting somebody to take a break or all this stuff, pacing yourself, but we will at some point need a break. So what should you do or what's a good use of time to kind of recharge yourself mentally?
0: You know, there's any number of things. The main thing is to be able to turn off whatever it is that you're thinking, which is very hard. But if you could even turn off – from your challenges your emotional challenges for 5 minutes that would be enough so whether you escape into a book whether you just sit down and have a cup of tea whether you um you know watch a TV show talk to a friend but even if you just sat quietly and let yourself meditate for five minutes, as long as you were just really turning off, that would do it.
1: So you really don't even need, so it's not like you need a weekend in the Bahamas. You really just need a couple minutes of mental clarity.
0: Yeah. And the truth of the matter is, if you did that probably every day for yourself, you'd be fine. But you really, really need to break away from you know whatever it is you've been attending to, for the few minutes and really just relax, relax your body, quiet your quiet your thoughts,
1: and just be with yourself for a few minutes. Uh, we may have t- spoken about this in the past, but I find this uh, just really fascinating and interesting. So, when the economy took a crap a couple of years back, um, and it was the worldwide global crisis of the economy a lot of pubs started closing down in mm-hmm. the UK and one of the one of the fallouts from this uh and I, I wish I could properly um reference the the source material on this but I can't but basically one of the fallouts was uh like stress and anxiety and and disruption of the home started happening and one of the things that was um Thought to be a cause of this was you had people who were going to work and then coming home, whereas before they were going to work, then they were stopping by the pub for one drink mm-hmm. to decompress, and then they were going home. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm not trying to advocate that drinking's a solution to this stuff, but it getting back to the to the mental break, there was this lifestyle that had been built up within um, these cultures where they were mentally being able to decompress in a timely process right that was immediately stripped away from them right and they then their decompression was gone and then they were being thrown into perhaps a turbulent home life or just situations where they weren't mentally prepared yet and right. people were having this struggle of the this new the um, dynamic that they were facing, which I found just really interesting, and so you know, so, so, you know, there are obviously solutions for this. You you know, you get home, you park your car, you go walk around the block, or you, mm-hmm. you know, sit in your car, listen to your favorite podcast or audiobook, or do some meditation, or right get home, strap on some running shoes, do a little job. You know, there are obviously solutions to this, but it does take an awareness of what's happening mm-hmm. before you can make that adjustment.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. You know, I was giving a workshop once for business executives. And one of the things that I was discussing with them was teaching them um, exercises from when you left work before you walked in the door. So you could do this attitude shift and decompress because too often you don't have that opportunity and you bring the energy or the tension from the day into the house and it just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the same kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. So then lastly, sticking with this running metaphor, um, if you were going to run a marathon, you would obviously train and prepare so that you could last the 26.2 miles. Is there any way to, prepare for mental endurance? Well,
0: you know, I think we know that one of the things that causes stress is uh, when you feel like it's unpredictable and it's out of your control. Obviously, if you know, like you were mentioning my friend and her father and that as he was getting older, you know, she was aware, she'd be aware that there was going to be more on her plate. That's going to be helpful. Um, So the more that you can prepare for something uh, and put some systems, so to speak, in place, uh, the better off you're going to be. And it may be a matter of uh, knowing certain resources that you would have available to you. Uh, knowing uh, what things you can call upon in emergencies, Um, you know, knowing some things that you can do for yourself um, if you run into certain problems, um, you know, emotionally. So the more that you can prepare, the better off you are. But I think a lot of it, as we've so often discussed in a lot of other areas, is your attitude.
1: Mm.
0: And so if you go into it saying, you know, this is a difficult situation. Uh, however, this is somebody or the situation is important to me. And I know I have the ability to do this. Uh, I know that I can call upon certain resources to help me and I will call upon them because there's nothing wrong with that. I don't have to be super man or super woman um, and I will get through this. That in itself, that belief um, is going to have a lot to do with getting through whatever mm-hmm. you're dealing with.
1: And as always, uh, you know, having a strong relationship, having knowing that there is that pillar next to you that can help hold things up has got to provide some of that uh, mental strength that you would need Mm -hmm. and and mental capacity that you would need knowing like, you know, if things really got bad I could really just fall back on this person and and they would be there for me. Yes. Yep. Uh, Which is why we do what we do, Karen.
0: Yep. (laughs) Yep. Interestingly, a lot of couples have told me that in times of stress, their marriage is better. That um, they just sort of, you know, know that they have to count on each other and they do better Mm. during times of stress. Now, of course, the opposite is also true, that during times of stress, they uh, really go at each other. Um, But if you can be there for your partner during rough times... um, that
1: not only will be really helpful, but
0: will be very much appreciated and serve
1: the marriage well. Well, we also know that the the strength of bonds created during points of extreme stress
0: mm-hmm. are
1: really strong. Yes. Yeah. Which is why you have soldiers who might be in combat for six months who have these like lifetime brothers mm-hmm. in arms, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just insane amounts of stress that nobody can fathom and when you go through something like that it really right. connects you and right. so if you if you have if you're sitting on this like solid base and you and you're able to weather that kind of stress to your point like it it actually is not surprising to me that you have these couples come into your practice and say that it made them better yeah yeah during those times and quite honestly it's not surprising either that just the opposite also happens because we uh, you know, a lot of times you, you reveal the cracks and, and a particular situation when stress mm-hmm. is applied, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. um, the big question, Karen, anything else you'd Karen, like to add? I
0: answered it already.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> I answered, which
0: I, was that, you know, if you can really try to be there for each other, yeah it will have long-term gains for the relationship as well.
1: Okay. I didn't know if we were going to do the PS and then the PPS. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right. Well, this was another fantastic episode. So thank you so much for your time, Karen. It is always a pleasure. Thank you, Steve. Uh, before we uh, sign off here, I want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this and uh, other really great information at her website, drkarensherman.com. You can follow her on the social platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Uh, google plus Uh, of course you can get this stuff at our website hitchmag.com you can find her on our expert page you can click through past archives you can go to the podcast page and see all the episodes that we have done in the past where Karen shares tons of insight on other topics that might be of interest to you Uh, so check it out and um, yeah that'll do it for this week so uh, thank you one last time Karen all right, take care everybody. We're on top of the-